1: Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com.
2: Hi, I'm Dan, Arsenal fan. I write for EPLindex.com. You can catch me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits.
3: Hi, I'm Ghetto. I am a Swansea City fan. You can find me on Twitter at Gittor uh or you can find The Jackcast, Swansea City's number one fan podcast, at The Jackcast.
4: Yeah, hello. Uh, I'm Jake. I support Newcastle. I work for EPL Index and Total Dutch Football, and you can uh, get my Twitter at Jake Jackman with two Ns.
1: Great, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Up first, of course, we have Making the Rounds, where we each have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. Uh, since none of you were on at the weekend, we can discuss a little Premier League action during this bye week. Uh, Dan, obviously your last match. You triumph over Leicester. Move up to second ever so briefly. Uh, what was your take on that match? Uh,
2: yeah, that was a little bit fun. Um, <laughs> this is essentially... a. Uh, it, I was thinking of it going in as a can't-lose game, but it re- the way the uh, Spurs-City game turned out really was a must-win game, and it didn't look like we were going to for a long time. Um, we, have not, we had not come back to win a game when down at halftime since the 5-3 against Chelsea in 2011, and we went down at halftime thanks to a controversial penalty for Jamie Vardy. I thought it was a penalty, but um, a lot of people did not. I've always been for the whole diving conversation. I'm fine if you don't move out of the way. I just don't like it if you like completely make up contact, but like what Vardy did is he just he didn't go out of his way to not hit Monreal's leg, and I'm as much as it worked against me, I'm fine with that in the whole premise of diving and not diving. Um, so yeah, they went up 1-0 in halftime. Uh, I was not confident. I don't think anyone was really very confident at that point. Uh, and then Kachalny went off injured for Callum Chambers, who I rate very highly as a centre back. But he and Per sacker together have never worked because they're both very um. What's the opposite of fleet of foot? Uh, they're not very fast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, then the the game turned. The game turned on one moment, and that was the Danny Simpson red card. You could definitely argue that it was a bit of a soft red, a second yellow. Um. It. It's a cynical foul. You've seen him given his yellows. It may have been one of those. Martin Aginson pulls up the yellow card, realizes who it is, like, oh, I already booked him. Well, crap. Um, it's too bad. Goodbye, Danny. But um, regardless of what it was, he went off, and from that point, the game changed. Lester put on Mark Veselowski, I think is how you say it, pronounce his name. He's Polish. I'm sorry. Um, and took off Riyad Mahrez, crucially, because then... At that point, it really was Leicester were going to sit and protect that one goal lead. They didn't pose, they posed next to no threat going forward, and we just bombarded them mostly aerially, surprisingly enough. Arsenal have been very direct in the past month or so. I think I haven't read it yet, but Tim Stillman wrote an article on arsblog.com about that. You should go read it because it's probably good because it's Tim Stillman. But um, yeah, no, we've been very direct recently, and we kept that form up to or against Leicester. Uh, first goal, who was it that crossed into, oh, Bayern crossed it into Giroud Giroux with a perfect knockdown to Theo Walcott, who finally scored his first goal since, I want to say, it, it's been a long time, I can't remember when his last Premier League goal was, but it was sometime in that November, or it wouldn't have been November, it would have been that October stretch where we were playing really, really well. Um, and then, uh, we just kept fighting, we kept going, we kept creating lots of chances, but they were put. there defending well. Um Casper Schmeichel made one of the saves of the season on Olivier Giroud, um, and it was weird because it was one of those where, at first viewing, you think it's a good save, but maybe it was because the striker went too close to the keeper. On the, I think it was the second replay on the American broadcast. It was an angle from directly behind Giroud, and you just look like he's put that straight into the bottom corner, and Casper Schmeichel is just he's just not having it. Palms it away, fantastic save. And then a couple minutes after that, to Sacramis is a header, free header from eight yards out. And at that point, you just didn't think it was coming. Danny Welbeck fluffed a chance after another Levesque knockdown. Uh, and then, and then Vasilowski, the guy who comes on, because Simpson got sent off, commits an idiotic foul on Montreal when we had what nothing was he going doing? for us. I have uh, no idea. He went for the double face punch. I know, and the, like I've obvious, I've watched Bechol a billion times because what else would I do with my life? Um, he, the ball is gone, and then he goes and like raises his arms into Montreal's face. Like it's not even he's going for the ball. He just, I, I really have no idea what he's doing. But I'm not gonna argue. Thank you, Mark. Um, Mesudozo clips a perfect ball because he's Mesudozo. Danny Welbeck in his first game for ten months scores the winner against Leicester. Goes absolutely insane, gets booked, doesn't care, Um, and we went 2-1. It was really, really crazy, and I was very, very happy.
1: Yeah, obviously immediately after that match, uh, it immediately moved from, you know, the Venger outs that were happening at halftime to we're going to win the league. Um, (laughs) Where on that scale are you falling? Are you thinking that it's now, that you're kind of in the pole position for the title, even though literally it's still Leicester, but... Are you now thinking that the, the title is open for you to, to earn?
2: Uh, well, first, how much more Arsenal could you get with that? But um, <laughs>
1: Oh, a- every single I... Tottenham fan I was watching with was like, yep,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. But um, yeah, no, finger out at halftime to um, we're in the league at the end of the game. That's very, very Arsenal. And I don't know if you saw it because I haven't blocked, but Piers Morgan at, in the, after the Welbeck goal... He either had autocorrect screwed him or something. He meant to tweet "boom" because he does bet after all the goals. Instead, he didn't put the M on it. It was "boo,", boo and it was the most <laughs> Piers Morgan thing if ever with an exclamation point. Maybe it was meant to scare people, like "boo!" Oh, That's <laughs> uh, great. But um, as far as where I think we're gonna, win, if whether we're gonna win the league or not, I I've given up picking favorites. No one is in a controlling position for the league. If I pick a favorite, it could change. Well, not next week because there's no mm. Premier League, but you know what I mean. The, next the match- only
1: deciding stat is that no team has ever lost seven games and won the title.
2: And that's what Manchester City are on now. Yeah. City, I am, I'm not ready to fully count them out, but they are... Whatever the stage worse than behind the eight ball is, that's them. Uh, they are in very deep trouble because they are really, really inconsistent. Mm. But um, as far as us, the statistical models that i love have us as the title favorites bookies have us as the title favorites but it's just so close with our run-in and lester's lack of a run-in uh and spurs being very very good which it's in both of special. our hands
1: because we play it's, each other
2: yeah it's in uh at the lane might i add yeah i know and i'm gonna be in london that day but um oh really yeah nice. it's not but uh it's gonna be something but um yeah uh Anyone has a chance. That is so on the fence. I'm sitting directly on the fence, but I genuinely do not have a clue who's title favorites. I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. We could win the league. Spurs could win the league. Leicester win the league. I don't know.
1: Definitely not United. I think we can all Definitely agree not United. As I will a... put my house on United not
2: winning the title. I don't have a house, <laughs> but if I did, I'd put it on it. I'll put the
1: amount of money for the average house in Philadelphia on,
2: <laughs> on that not happening.
1: All right. Uh, we'll move on to ghetto. Uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording just how you were pretty disappointed with this last match against Southampton. What kind of didn't go your way in that one?
3: Um, it wasn't the result that disappointed us. It was the manner of the performance. Um, we, we've been showing just slow and steady signs of improvement under um, Guido Lin since he's come in. Uh, and, of course, he was still unbeaten going into this weekend. Uh, I predicted a a loss because Southampton have been playing very, very well recently. They're very tough to beat and they're the kind of team that we don't usually do well against. Um, uh, But the the reality was even more disappointing. I mean, Southampton got their tactics spot on. They packed the midfield, stopped us from playing. Um, Defensively, they were completely solid uh, and they knew what our weakness was because they kept putting crosses into the box. Um, By the time Shane Long headed in uh, the winner, uh, they could have been 3-0 up just from crosses. Uh, He he missed an absolute sitter in the first half, uh, which is a bit of a Shane Long tradition against Swansea, actually. But um, uh, he did make us pay uh, in in the second half. A very sloppy goal to concede. A cross in from ward Shane Long just found a gap somewhere in the miles and miles of space between uh, our two centre-backs. Uh, and and planted it past uh, Fabianski. It it was a goal that had been coming for a long, long time. And the really sad thing was that as soon as Southampton scored, it was patently obvious that we were not going to get back into the game. We had not looked like creating a clear-cut opportunity before that, and it was quite obvious that now that Southampton had the one-goal lead, um, we, we weren't going to create one again. It was in a season full of really disappointing attacking performances, I think it was the worst. And I think it's quite possibly, it's definitely up there among the worst attacking performances we've had in the Premier League. Um, It just was complete, it was the complete opposite of everything um, that we have been good at over the last few seasons. We were just knocking aimless long balls up. We weren't, looking very organized. There was zero creativity, zero movement. Uh and, and Southampton's defenders probably had the easiest afternoon that they've had all season. Um so it, it's definitely dampened the mood um after just good signs over the weeks leading up to that match. We're still in a in a decent position. Uh I mean I mean we're we're still three points above the relegation zone with a, a far superior goal difference to uh, the teams around us. Um, so nobody's pressing any panic buttons, but it has been pointed out that our next two games are against Spurs and Arsenal away. Um, which <laughs> probably the, the two, well, apart from possibly Leicester, the two most difficult fixtures you can have in the league at the moment. Um, they are not games that we expect to get any kind of points out of. And everybody at the club is now asking well, where are we going to be at the end of this two game stretch. Um, What we do know is that after these next two games, we've got uh, an an insane run of Norwich at home, Bournemouth away and Villa at home, um, where we absolutely have to pick up points. I mean, if we don't get at least two wins out of those games, then we're in deep trouble. Um, So it's just been a bit of a dampener this week. Um, after some positive signs. We've got a weekend off because, of course, we were so terrible in the FA Cup. Um, so the players have had a few days rest and apparently they were back in training today. Um, my suggestion is that they work very, very hard on set pieces, uh, defending crosses full stop and, once again, um, the way they come out for second halves. But on top of that, they, they do need to work on their attacking play. We've got a striker now. We've got someone to aim for uh, in Puloski, he was against Southampton Game very frustrated, you could see that and he was dropping deeper and deeper and deeper but that wasn't helping our cause because he wasn't in the position that we wanted him to be all these things need to be ironed out before the two games against uh, Spurs and Arsenal, at the very very least, they need to be resolved by the uh, games against Norwich, Bournemouth and Villa because those three games really could shape our season um, Off the pitch, the uh, the Big news was a, a rumor linking Jefferson Montero with a uh, uh, a move to Middlesbrough on loan. Um, it was it, it was a strange one, really, because Montero had started the season so amazingly well. Um, looked like he was really going to have his season this year. Yeah, he tormented and,
1: uh, uh, Manchester United in us.
3: Yeah, yeah, and, and Branislav Ivanovic hasn't been the same since, um, and, and he. I, I still think. Um, Callum Chambers is haunted in, in, in by by jeffs Montero. He has these games where he looks utterly world class he really does look like he should be playing for one of the biggest teams in europe um where he's just all outpaced trickery setting up goals it's 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 insane, but he those those little runs come in very short bursts and then they're followed by dips in form. And his current dip in form has been... Well, it's not it's not a dip. I mean, when when you haven't been on form since the, since 8 September, you can't call it a dip. It, it's prolonged. Um, there is, he's completely devoid of confidence. I've never, ever seen a Swansea player lose confidence the way he has. And it's painful because you know he has the talent. You know he's got the ability. But he just doesn't look confident at all on the ball. And against Southampton, he wasn't even on the bench i mean we had, we we had Leroy fair on the bench instead of him uh, and anybody who knows me will know I'm not a very big Leroy fair fan It wasn't before he joined the squad still not now, even though he hasn't kicked the ball for us yet um but it it is heartbreaking to see a really mediocre just i i am not going to go into describing Leroy fair, but it's somebody like Leroy fair on the bench instead of jeffs Montero and we've now got Modu barrow um who is taken over the reins, really, from uh, uh, Montero as a sort of speedy winger. Um, and he's having a very good season. Um, he's, he's really developed quite well this year. Um, but that that has just meant that Montero's fallen further down the pecking order. The club has denied that he's going to Middlesbrough. I think a move is unlikely. Um, but it does really show how far he has fallen, that he is now being linked with a championship team. Um, and it's really difficult to know what happens with Montero at the end of the season. Uh, there were links earlier on saying that he may gone may have gone to Watford in the transfer window. That didn't come up. That with that, I think that was just paper talk. I don't think there was anything in it. But it did get us asking, well, would we actually sell him to another Premier League team? You know, with the with the fear that he could regain his form. Um, but it's it's a strange one because he, he's he's such a, a great talent and he is. Really loved by fans, but he's just lost it completely this season, and um, I really hope that he hasn't lost it permanently.
1: Yeah, you mentioned that the attack was kind of faltering against what again you said was a very good Southampton defense. Is this because of the absence of Key or getting used to the new striker? What what do you attribute that to?
3: This one was just on another level. I mean, it was worse than all our. Previous poor performances. Um, I mean, usually this season we've been, we've our worst attack performances have come when we've had Gomez in the team, but he hasn't looked interested. Um, Puloski can't, you know, you, you can't accuse Puloski of not looking interested. He was desperate for the ball, but the service up to him was dreadful. Um, the, our wingers weren't seeing much of the ball. it's just the ball was not getting past central midfield. It would get to Leon Britton, who's been having a brilliant. He's been brilliant so far. Jack Cork, and and neither of them had particularly poor games, if I'm honest. They just couldn't find a way through that midfield. Um, And and when that didn't happen, we started just losing patience and just doing stupid things with the ball that were never, ever going to work out for us. Uh, And and in the end, we just resorted to looking for free kicks and, and corners. Uh, we could have got a penalty in the last minute. We, we should have probably had a penalty in the last minute. But there were no complaints because it would have been completely undeserved, that goal. But we we just never, ever looked like creating anything, never mind scoring against Southampton. Um, we've seen this kind of play before this season, like I said. But we thought that we were moving away from that under Guido Linn. Uh And now we're coming up against Spurs in the next game, which you know I, I think have been the best defense in the league this season um the, uh, the thought of them going up against um All the and i think fotongens probably going to be back by then um I, I you just struggle to see a way past spurs um and when you know spurs are perfectly capable of scoring against us so it it just it just leaves us hoping that this week is really this week off is really going to be well spent are they actually going to have a proper think about what is going wrong up front and look for solutions we have got talented attacking players we haven't maybe got the resources that we'd like to have up front but we we have got players who are capable of scoring in the premier league and they haven't been doing it frequently enough this season that really needs to change over the coming weeks
1: yeah and Tottenham and Arsenal two of the three best defenses in the league Uh, So yeah, would have to work on that. And also the set pieces, which we talked about last time you were on here. Uh, Arsenal and Tottenham both fairly good at those as well. Uh, All right, Jake, things didn't go particularly well for you this week either with a kind of a boring performance against Chelsea. Do you think that was just kind of a one-off or are you concerned this is a sign of things to come?
4: Well, I I don't think you could say it's a one-off really. I mean, we Did the same at Palace, I think. We've conceded 49 goals this year, which is more than Aston Villa, a side that many are claimed are the worst uh, Premier League side ever. And, you know, we've conceded more goals than them, which is just appalling. Um... At the weekend, I was, you know, Chelsea away two days before, um, yeah, a few days before their big Champions League game against PSG, I thought it's definitely an opportunity there to go and take something from the game. If we, uh, you know, if we set up well, attack Chelsea, like try and be uh, positive, there was always, there was definitely a chance to get a result there. And it just turned out that we were just, yeah, it was probably one of the worst performances I've seen from Newcastle, which is, is you know, a regular theme. (laughs) <laughs> whenever i watch newcastle at the moment, just always it seems to be just one of the worst performances whether that's just what we are now we just it's just not very good i don't know it's um the game itself i mean i i actually went to um watch Brighton at the weekend and i the t- by the time i got back from that game i walked in it, we were already 2-0 down i was like well wow, that's yeah it was, <laughs> it was just ridiculous um where i think the problem lie uh, where the problems were in that game i think our defence was, you know, on paper it's not a very good defence. I mean, Stephen Taylor and Colaccini was our centre back partnership when we were in the Championship six or seven years ago, and now they're, you know, they're still starting Premier League matches together. And you know, we really shouldn't be, um, we really shouldn't have let that happen. We had a whole month to address our defensive problems, and we just decided to go out and buy Shelby and Townsend, who are they've they've looked all right, but I don't really think they addressed. The problems that we needed to address in january i think we should have went out and bought a left back a center back and a striker and we didn't really do any of that i mean we got doombier in alone but mclaren seems very very um you know he doesn't really want to use him that much it seems which is a bit of a problem and there's uh rumors about that uh if he plays so many matches we have to make it permanent and we don't want to do that so i think uh you know it just leaves you thinking why would you even do that deal if you know you, you don't really want to use him it just seemed to be one, just to get the fans off their back, saying, "Oh, look, we did get a striker, but it's, he's he's not really what we needed." Um, or so, yeah, they was, play a lot of FIFA, and they yeah, just exactly. Just
2: yeah.
1: FIFA. Specifically, Ultimate Team. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah.
4: I, I, I mean, if you look at the players we we do bring in, they're just the typical sort of football manager FIFA, you know, players, and you just think, oh, it's it's, it's a bit depressing. I think I think I think uh, as much as I think our team's better than a side in the bottom three. I have to say, I think we prob. I I currently think, alongside Aston Villa, we are we're the worst side in the league, um, on a week to week basis. We're really poor. We don't seem to have any consistency. We have one good result and then we go and get smashed the next week, which is just something that you, you can't afford to do in a relegation battle. Uh, Sunderland, Swansea, Bournemouth, not even Norwich. They all seem to be fighting hard, and e- even if they're not getting the results, there there seems to be fight and uh, and sort of a. Want to win there and there's sort of a, some sort of consistency in the performances. Whereas with Newcastle, it's it, there's so much emphasis on the home games. I think we it seems like we've given up trying to get anything away from home. Which it it just puts so much pressure on the games at St James's Park. That you know when we come up against Bournemouth in a couple of weeks' time at St James's Park, if we don't win that game, then it's it just sends like such a it just puts so much pressure on the side. And you know they they'll think oh um maybe we will go down because we should be winning this game we've targeted to win this game we we haven't we need to try you know win, getting some more points on on the road just to put less pressure on those matches at home but you know as, as much as it is a bit depressing at the moment if you do look at um our upcoming fixtures i don't think we play any of the like you know top four and for the rest of the season apart from um until the last day against Spurs and the yeah. rearranged fixture against Man City. So You, you know, better there's... win
1: before then.
4: Yeah, exactly. I... <laughs> you know, we can I mean if if we need to win that game, you know, against Spurs on the last day, then we we're gonna have to win it. But And you've already you know, screwed who... us twice on the last day of the season <laughs> when you played Arsenal and could
1: have beaten them. Yeah, we're just drawn.
4: Yeah. Uh, come but on, Jake. It, it, yeah. <laughs> our upcoming fixtures, So we got we got, we don't play until March now, which is ridiculous. I think it's we almost have 3 weeks off, which yes because of the uh Capital One Cup final this this week um next weekend. So we're not playing then. But our, our upcoming fixtures, we have got Stoke away, Bournemouth at home, Leicester away, uh Sunderland at home, Norwich away, Southampton, Swansea. You know, they all that's quite a nice run for the Premier League. I mean, we could win any of those matches. We we play Bournemouth, Sunderland, Norwich and Swansea all in the next uh, six or seven games. So, you know, if it gets to the point that we're we are in mid April and we're still down there in the bottom three, then it's just you know, that's when the concerns are really grow. But apart from apart from uh, the current situation of the league, um the club have gone away to La Manga for a uh, training camp I think we're playing against Lilstrom on Saturday in sort of a friendly which which is going to be televised in Norway so I'm sure, sure that you know I don't know what that means but you know we, we're we going off to play a friendly which seems to be a ridiculous thing but we'll see how that goes uh Mitrovic is out for a few weeks so that means um well Cisse or Dumbia will have to lead the line which you know could be interesting but yeah it's just it's just a bit depressing. I, the one thing I will say at the moment is Steve mclaren seems to he he is annoying the fans quite a lot hes, he's like he was interviewed uh, after the match against Chelsea and he came into the interview just laughing his head off i said like, it's he he comes across he just really wants to be like the nice guy uh, the nice guy so'll get everybody on the side, not annoy the players or um you know not annoy the fans he he just seems to just be he just seems to be quite deluded at the moment saying we're not going to go down we if we keep playing like this we'll be fine well we we're not going to be fine if we keep playing like this we've there's only 12 games left and we are in the bottom three that is appalling you've done you know you've done a really bad job and if i was if i was mike ashley i probably would have sacked him after the chelsea game then you've got two and a half weeks you know get somebody in get them to work with the players a bit and you know you've got the chance of the sort of new manager bounce which is something we may have to rely on at some point because like I, I mean if we're gonna if we have the money to put like twi- uh, 20 million plus bid in for berrinia we have the money to get a new manager in and yeah I, as much as i like steve mclaren I, I, as, as sort of a coach and i think if he if he did have three, uh, two or three years, he could develop the side into you know quite a good Premier League side. It's, he just doesn't have that time, and he can't. We can't afford to go down with all the money that's coming into the Premier League. So yeah, I, I, I think if we lose against Stoke uh, in our next match, and in, in God knows how long that is, like two two or three weeks, I think he has to go. Uh, I can't. I I think at the moment, if he stays, I think there's a very good chance of us going down. Whereas if we let him go, I think I think we'd probably be okay. Just sort of the new manager bounce and the players might buck their ideas up a bit. But yeah, it's 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 very worrying. If if we're still in the bottom three after the next six or seven games, I think we definitely will be going down. Mm. But you know, hope, yeah. hopefully things improve.
1: Yeah, you mentioned there the the possibility of a managerial change this week. Brendan Rodgers all of a sudden started getting linked a whole lot. Is that somebody you'd be interested in? Who do you think that's available? Would you like to take over if you did make that move?
4: It's difficult. I mean, we've we're always going to hire an English manager. I think. I think all of um, Mike Ashley's appointments have been English, so we we know that we will be it will be an English manager, which just leave which does leave us with limited options. I mean, David Moyes is a possibility, but he's done very he's done poorly in his last two jobs, and it's. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he he could come in and sort of, um, you, and um, make an impact. Cause I don't think we have the players to suit him really. I think Rodgers is an interesting one. I think he he's he's definitely a bit of a bluffer. You know, I think he he thinks he's a lot better than he is. But I I also think he he would he would see us safe if we did bring him in. I think we pr- play quite nice football. We sort of have the players to sort of suit suit his style of play with like Wijnaldum and Shelby. You know, he's worked with Shelby before, so. If if we were going to make a managerial change, I think Moyes or Rogers would probably be the best of a bad bunch. I think both could probably do a job better than McLaren, I think both both would sort of have a bit more bit more about them as a manager, sort of uh, in controlling the squad. that they don't sort of they're not as easy to sort of push about like McLaren. There was a there was a moment on Saturday when. Uh, I think McLaren and his assistant were sort of saying something to Shelby. And Shelby just sort of yelling at them. It's quite. It was. It was sort of the type the type of thing that you shouldn't take from one of your players. You know, you shouldn't let him sort of, sort of, publicly sort of show show sort of uh, go against you like that on on the pitch. I think that was quite bad. And I think he is a bit. He's a bit of a nice guy. A bit too too nice for the job. Which which is why I think Rod quite like Rogers. I think he did alright at Liverpool for the majority. I don't think he's a, he's a top four manager, uh, which he he probably disagree with himself because he's sort of quite quite arrogant like that. But I think he would be quite good for what we are at the moment. We've got a developing sort of young squad of players. We need to we need to get ta- uh we need to get sort of a tactic sort of settled and a style of play that we stick to every week in, week out, which I think Rogers would do. He's he's quite uh, he's quite strict with the way he plays um whether, whether it's the most successful way of playing. I don't think it is. I don't think he, he likes to think he is sort of he has sort of the pressing um, possession style of style of play down. But I don't think he does. I think a lot, um, a lot of what he does is sort of it just relies on one or two really good players to sort of get the best out of the tactic, which is what happened at um, Liverpool when they finished second with Suarez and Storage. But you know, we're, we're we're realistically we are a mid mid-tab- table mid table Premier League club which is where we probably should be year in, year out. Um, last two years, we struggled with relegation. I don't think we should be down there, really, especially if the money was spent. So I'd like to think that we would, you know, get somebody in who would get us just consistently finishing in, in, in mid-table. I think Rogers would do that. I think it's a good job for him as well, because Newcastle are a, are a big club. We are a big club. Um and I think it wouldn't be too much of a step down in sort of um, stature to Liverpool. Although we're not going to be challenging where Liverpool are. Our club is, of a, is not too much smaller than Liverpool on the whole, if you consider sort of stadium and fan base and things like that. So I, th- I think that would be a, a good appointment, but I'd rather go for sort of a young European coach like a Sanchez Flores or a Pochettino, somebody of that ilk. But I don't think that's realistically going to happen under Ashley, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, at Tottenham, there's honestly not that much going on. I did talk about our last match on the Sunday show. Um, obviously today we did play in Europa League, uh, but it was just a very frustrating match to watch against Fiorentina. The referees um, really overdid themselves. There weren't any massive decisions that went one way or the other. They were just poor for the majority of it. They gave out 40 fouls, four yellow cards to Tottenham players, Just one to Fiorentina, which was a little lopsided. Um, Ends up being a 1-1 match, which seems fair. The 90 minutes all taken into account. Their goal was a little uh, cheap in that it was a pretty sweet strike, but deflects off Mason and then dips in right under the bar. Um, So hard done by in that regard, but um, I was saying to to get to before we started recording that there's really no downside here. In the reverse fixture, there's not really any pressure. We go into it. Some of the, the players that aren't starting regularly now have a chance to prove themselves. It, you, yeah. <laughs> Actually, Dan, this is something that I tweeted a while ago about, and you, you were like, what? Um, that these players get to, to play for a spot. But you thought I was saying form was better than yeah, loris. I thought
2: you were saying form over <laughs> no, <no, no>, no. <laughs> <What? laughs> Right, don't do that. No. Actually that. <laughs> just, no, just that
1: now uh, in multiple competitions, that the same group of players has the right to play and then win those matches. And if they do, then they get to play more matches because then there are more secondary matches for them to play in. Like in the Europa League side today, really only Ericsson, Ali, and Alderweireld are, are full-time starters. That played uh, today, then obviously Kane and Dembella came on as subs and both got yellow cards, citing the referees again. Uh, but 1-1, one, one, not that awful. Go back to White Hart Lane. We do have a tremendous defense. We actually play well at home this year, which is something that we hadn't done the last previous years. Uh, so yeah, not, not too upset by that at all. Mauricio Pochettino wants to stay. Uh, the only injury news uh, is Hugo Lloris is going to be out about two weeks. Uh, But as Jake alluded to with their off weeks, um, may not even miss any Premier League matches. May miss just the the Swansea match, which I'm sure Ghetto would enjoy. Um, But not too bad there. News on Jan Vertonghen is he's going to be out another seven weeks. We're looking at an April 2nd return date, uh, which would be against Liverpool, which means we would get him back for the last four matches of the season. I am not saying we are in the title race. That's too hard for my brain to comprehend. But if we are, having fresh legs come in at the defense with that few matches left could really be the difference one way or the other. Uh, So, you know, we were hoping to get him back a little sooner, but that timing might actually end up being very beneficial for us. All right, now we're going to quickly head into the topic where we're talking about which teams have disappointed and impressed us this, the most this season. Of course, barring Leicester and Chelsea, because those are basically cheating. <laughs> Dan, who has impressed and disappointed you the most this season?
2: Um, As far as disappointed... Hmm, I'm kind of thinking between one of, or one of Swansea and Newcastle, actually. Um... <laughs> Yeah, sorry guys, but uh, I think I'll go Swansea because especially after the start, I I was thinking they were gonna be good at the beginning of the season and then yeah, you know, I talked their about Europe with you Ghetto.
1: early <laughs> yeah, in the season. I was bad. like, you can make a European spot, right? Yes,
3: yeah, that seems like a long time ago.
2: Uh, yeah, but then and then their start, you know, kind of confirmation bias and all that, but um, and then then the fact that they play with uh. Uh, a mountain lion up top based on a celebration and not an actual striker hurt him a bit. Um, and they just, they just, they just haven't. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, Ghetto. please don't go down. I like you guys, and especially like Andre Ayew, but and Jefferson Montero when he's not terrible, but if you, you just haven't um, for impressed, say it, come on, do it, do it. Oh, I probably would say that, but I'd get run out of my house by people with pitchforks, and I'd rather not. So, uh, while Tottenham have been very good, and they are probably the correct answer, I'm going to go with somebody else. Um, I think I'll go with Watford because yeah. I ha- I had them being either I, I I've had I said they would either be twentieth or like fourteenth, and they have been probably. They've been distinctly average, which is much better than I was expecting them to be. So, And they've had some good runs of form. They've kind of dipped off now, which is what you would expect them to do considering they they tend to play the same 11 players or at least a lot of the same key ones. Um, they haven't beat the top sides, but they've taken care of all the mid-table sides and the lower sides. They've been solid, just solid mid-table team, which is better than what I was expecting from them. So good in Watford. <laughs> Yeah,
1: been very impressed with them, Gitto, Assuming that you aren't going to self-mark yourself, who's disappointed you this year?
3: Yeah, if, if <laughs> it, it's really difficult not to say Swansea, but, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I, one of the ones unusual one maybe Everton. I I expected a bit more from Everton. I think they've got all the pieces pretty much all the pieces there, but they haven't been put, able to put them in the right places. Ooh, that's actually um, a good
2: shot. I like that. Good.
3: <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, somebody pointed out the other day. Uh, Roberto Martinez keeps going on about how brilliant his players are, and that Lukaku is the best striker in the league. Delafio is one of the is, is one of the best young players in the league. Gareth Barry is the greatest player. In the England's cleverly
1: NCAA. quote. Oh yeah, cleverly is one <laughs> of the best players to play in the Premier League.
3: Unbelievable, unbelievable. John, Sto- John Stones is the best footballing centre back in Europe, you know. And you're thinking, well, that sounds like you've got a good squad. So I guess you're the problem, you know. it's
2: yeah. No, it's- low key, This is low. I don't know how low key it is at this point, but Roberto Martinez is the new Brendan Rodgers, as far as fluff and bluster. Mm-hmm. Like he is the new Brendan Rodgers in terms of my players are all the best, even though th- they're th- clearly not.
3: I think having had both of them in my club, I think Roberto Martinez was the new Roberto. Uh, Sorry, Brendan Rodgers, <laughs> the new Roberto Martinez. Um, and um, now that Rodgers is out the way, people do realize. I mean, when, when everything's going well, Martinez just is is the man that every human being wants to be. I mean, he's just, he, he, you do fall in love with the guy. You really do way more than we ever fell in love with Rodgers. I think if, if quite a few Swansea fans who are still getting over the fact that Martinez has left us. Uh, if I'm honest, because he's just—he's, you know—he's he's the kind of guy that wh- when you've got a grown-up daughter, he's the kind of guy you want her to marry. You know, he's just—he's just such a nice guy, you really. <laughs> but, but he—but yeah, I, I, and I, I do, and I've always thought he was a great manager. But you—you you can't defend what he's doing this season. I mean, they cannot just, defend. Uh, they, they, they gen- yeah, defend. They genuinely do not believe they
2: know what defending is.
3: Defensively, like, they're dreadful. They are absolutely terrible. There is no reason for a team like, in the Premier League to defend that badly.
2: I think they're like one of the expected goals wise. I think they're one of the bottom five teams in the league, which mm. is terrible, <laughs>
3: mm. obviously. Just, but like, no, but I, I I put Everton down as as my disappointment apart from apart from Swansea. Um, in, in terms of you know the unexpected, the, the over two, I know Spurs Spurs have obviously done brilliantly. Um, they've got the most balanced team I can ever remember Spurs having, but um, I've been really impressed with West Ham actually. I thought they were going to struggle this season because they had a bit of a hectic summer, if you remember. I mean, they bought Paya, which always looked like a brilliant signing, but but apart from that, the, the Europa League campaign was a disaster. It was the worst I can ever remember an English team having, and I thought, well, you know, if you can't get it right to this stage of the season, when when are you going to get it right? But Fair play to them they they, they 've done brilliantly this season i 've really enjoyed watching them play um, they had that tricky patch when they had lots of injuries which um, probably stopped them from being close to the top four at the moment um, but I, I I think they should really be going for a European spot I love watching them um, the other one as Dan said Watford I expect them to stay up. I did definitely not expect them to be ninth at this stage of the season um, they a bit they're a lower-class version of Spurs in the sense that they've got a really balanced team. They've got just a solid defence, very hard-working midfield with Kapu, who's been brilliant, reborn there. And then you've got two very good strikers up front. Who, and it just looks a very balanced team. Um, they, there are no obvious weaknesses considering where they are in the in the table. Even Aurelio Gomez hasn't really... Um, that made too many massive errors. He so, hasn't
2: herelio gomez He
3: hasn't Aurelio Gomez. So those are, those are my nominations.
1: Yeah, Jake, is there going to be any uh,
4: self-aggression here? Well, you know, we, at the start of the year, McLaren came out and said we wanted top eight and a cup. So yeah, we've massively underachieved. If they're the expectations, if they were the, the target he was set. So yeah, I'd say us and Swansea are both really underachieved. I think I think Liverpool Liverpool have underachieved really. I think if I think they, their squad is probably better than some of those above them. I'd say they're probably even better than Manchester United, I think player for player. I think they've they've done quite poorly. Um I think they pro- probably should have been in the top four top four race and they're not. So that that's a bit of a disappointment, but I think they they they've recognised where where things have gone wrong and I think next year they'll be a lot better, which is always it's good it's good to see um when a club does realise where where it's going wrong and to change it, but um, apart from them, yeah, it's I, I, it's going to be an interesting one. It's a bit controversial. i I've, I've any any chance to have a go at Alan Pardew, I will take. So I'm going to say Palace of, mm. of underachieved. I think I think the start they had, they should they should really have maintained that and sort of finished near the um you know finished in the top ten. I think their squad, their, their first eleven is really good. I think that. Pardew when he left Newcastle uh, for Palace, even though it looked like a downward step at the time, I think that the first eleven at Palace is really good, and I think they've got a good thing going. So um, the last nine games they've only taken three points, and it's just such a classic Pardew run. And I think you know if 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 that carries on for another two or three games, they they could really get dragged into the relegation fight, which would just be such a pleasing thing for me to watch to see alan Pardew <laughs> get dragged <laughs> for, from the top six to being down in the relegation fight it would just be it would just make me so happy but just a I mean, little it, reminiscent maybe yeah but, it just rem- it reminded me so much of uh what we what we were under Pardew. we'd go on those really good runs for t- 10 11 games then we'd go on like a terrible stretch of losing and just being out for and just be, easily beaten in every game they you, you uh, we played, so it's it's very similar, and it's it's I I'd be concerned if I was a Palace fan because Bournemouth, Swansea, Norwich, us when we play at home, Sunderland, we're all picking everyone's picking up points, and if they if if they're not careful, they will get dragged into it. So they're definitely, I definitely think they've they've had a worse season than they should have had, and. Um, I, the one thing that would save them if they just if they just got a couple of results and went on a bit of a cup run, I think that would, I think that would be, a, you know, would, would save their season. But at the moment they've got a, there's a real chance of their season being derailed. And I, I, I really do rate Crystal Palace as as a team, and I, I, I think they should be doing better. Everton again, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think they should be a lot higher up in the table as opposed to who's done. Uh, Really, uh, who's done well? I think Southampton are a team that shouldn't be, you know, overlooked. I think they're. they're so, c- but c- but Southampton are kind of
1: exactly where they should be for me.
4: No, well, you say that, but I, I think you know, the top, they're in the top six. And if, if you're going to pray, if you're gonna, if you're going to say um, Everton are underachieving, I think I think it'd be fair to say Southampton mm-hmm. are doing well. I mean, they've yeah. they've only had one season where they've been sort of in in the top six seven. Uh, Which was last season. They've maintained that, and I think I I think that you know Ronald Koeman has done a really good job. I think they struggled uh, for a period this season, but the last the last five or six games, I think um, you know they've got their full strength uh, side out there. Fraser Forster coming back was such a huge uh, huge plus. They haven't conceded since he's come back, which is just a ridiculous uh, record. And uh, I I I think they've done really well. I think um, yeah, I, I definitely think they've. They are a club that others should look to follow because they every, everything they do just seems to be right. So yeah, I think I think they've done really well.
1: Yeah, um all of you avoided it. Tottenham are so the most impressive team. It's not even debatable. No, I'm, I'm Go I'm, away, I'm, Kevin. <laughs> Uh, Seriously, though, second place is a pipe dream that even I didn't imagine at the beginning of the season. Uh, But because I figured somebody would address it, that's not actually what I (laughs) was going to say. So Tottenham, obviously. But uh, I'm going with Bournemouth, who lose their three biggest signings, as well as their captain, early on in the season. They're dwelling in 20th for a while... Everybody's saying of course they're down They weren't even in the relegation conversation Because there wasn't a conversation It was them, Villa, and third team Uh, And then they've dug themselves out of that They're sitting on 28 points right now Probably 10-12 shy of what they need to to end the season But I've been very impressed with what they did Obviously the grab-end deal was way overpriced But I like the deal of getting Benicophobe in I don't know why they felt the need to, to get Iturbe in And then not play him Very reminiscent of when Watford brought in a Barbo, and they were just like, great, uh, you're never going to play. All right, bye. I swear Um, FIFA signings are things. They really are. They really (laughs) are. Um, But anyway, I, I really like how Bournemouth have been playing. Josh King has impressed me. Matt Ritchie finally seems to be rounding into the form that we were all promised we'd see when he came up to the Premier League with them. So... Uh, Very impressed with what they've done Very impressed with how Eddie Howe has kind of Stabilized things there despite all the injuries And now they're going to start getting some of those guys back Elphick should be back by the end of the month Max Gordell is supposed to be back in March Things things are looking up for Bournemouth And I think that They've kind of dug themselves Just a little bit further away uh, From that relegation battle And Bournemouth could get relegated And have still overperformed Compared to where we thought they would be In around September or October Um, for teams that have disappointed me, I'm going way up the table to both Manchester clubs, where Manchester City, with the talent they have at their side, this title should have been done and dusted by now. It really should have been. No wins against the top six this year for Manchester City. If that's how it usually is, and it's sitting around 60% of their wins, they're already up, what, 10-12 points? The, the fact that they, they've struggled so much this season, I think, has flown largely under the radar because they've still been near the top of the table. But this Manchester City side has horrendously underperformed. Yaya Toure has lost a lot of pace. I'm not for the people that saying he has no effort. I think that there is a little bit of a... Hmm, I don't want to really go there. now that I, I got think people confuse
2: road. effort with defensive awareness.
1: Yeah, and... Okay, I'll, I'll say it this way. If he was... Uh, an elderly white player everybody would say that he's adapted his game well and that now he's he's now that he's done that but for some reason because he was such a powerful athlete now that he has to be a little more nitpicky on when he's going to go all out after things now he gets a lazy tag it's it's I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go further than that. But some people know what I'm talking about, and the people that don't, please don't get mad at me. I'm just saying, if the situation was different, he would not be getting the flack he is. But he has not been the player that he has been in past years. I just think there's different reasons. Uh, obviously, David Silva has yet to really find form this year, which is obviously not very good for them. De Bruyne was firing on all cylinders, now he's out for a long time. Navas gets injured, Sterling kind of floats in and out of matches. The defense obviously got much worse without company, maybe now it'll start to rebuild. I'm just very stunned that Manchester City are fourth right now, and that they deserve to be in fourth. You can't lose that many matches. Leicester three losses, Tottenham three losses, Arsenal five, City and United on seven. That's insane that those two sides have been so awful. Now let me rant about Manchester United. Obviously they lose today against Midtjylland. They lose Wayne Rooney before this match. Looks like he's going to be out two two months. David De Gea pulls up with a knee injury in training before this match. So now something that I've mentioned the past couple weeks is kind of coming true. Where it was, where would United be if De Gea had gone to Real Madrid? And probably around where Chelsea are. And if they don't have those two for the run-in, I think that it builds them better for the future. I think that if Van Gaal uses the same formation that he did with the Dutch national team at the last World Cup and plays Martial Depay up front the way that he did Huntelaar slash Van Percy with Robin as a pseudo forward, I think that could be very interesting to see how they build their rapport for years going forward. Borthwick-Jackson has been impressive. So has... Uh, um, oh, wow. Just totally blanked. The young one that scored against Chelsea. Lingard. Yes, yeah, Jesse Lingard. Um, you have him going in there. This love kid apparently is going to get a run out because they have no wingbacks that are fit anymore. So I, I do think this Manchester United team will succeed more in the future than it is now. But if you have somebody like a Mourinho coming in, who's known for not really particularly being great with the younger players, are you going to stunt that growth going forward? I mean, they've obviously underachieved considering how much they've spent. like. I was talking to Dave Hendrick about this the other day. How many Leicesters, like the entire starting 11, could Manchester United have bought in the last two windows?
2: More than 11?
1: I I honestly think they could have bought Leicester's team two or three times, easily. And they've just thrown so much money into this hole, and the Glazers obviously don't know what they're doing at this point. Manchester United need to bring in somebody that's going to actually run the football side of things instead of Woodward, who just wants to be out selling... (laughs) You know, the official ramen brand of Manchester United. You need somebody that's going to come in, address the tactics, address the managerial selection, because Van Gogh has to leave. It's Everything in Manchester has gone very poorly this season. And one of these two teams is going to finish in the top four. But the fact that neither of them are legitimately title contenders at this point in the season is a little insane for me. And I think both of them should be ashamed of themselves. Okay, I got a little rambly there. <laughs> now, um, another thing I've been thinking about this week is is which players at Tottenham are going to move on from this season. I think Nabil Bentaleb is probably the main one. He got injured, then Dyer Dembele and Ali became far too good to drop. They've locked in those spots now. It seems Mason and Carroll have left ahead of him in the quote-unquote depth chart, if you'll forgive my Americanness. Um, and so, yeah, I think if there's somebody that moves in the summer, it's probably going to be him. Fazio will probably stay at Sevilla because they're the only team that think he's good. Uh, <laughs> maybe Alex Pritchard is part of some secret Barahino deal, but I'd be very surprised by that. Who at your guys' clubs do you think will be the first name out the door come the summer?
2: Um, Matsu Dibushi's on loan. Does that count as gone?
1: Uh, that's why I did
2: too, because Fazio also on loan, also okay. gone. Okay, if... Yeah. Tiburcio's very, very hilariously much gone. Um, after that, it's probably one of Arteta or Flamini, because Arteta is as much as we love him, he is dead. I thought Welbeck was dead. He's clearly not dead. Arteta is he's he's dead. He's not only forever injured. He's also old. So, yeah, I he was fit. He came on for I think twenty minutes against um who was it in cup. It would have been whoever we just played in from the championship that I'm totally blanking on. But, um yeah, no, he played against them, came on for 20 minutes and has not been seen since, not even on the bench. Apparently he was giving high fives and stuff after the win against um Leicester, but he wasn't on the bench, so he's clearly not fit. So or he, either that or he's just not ahead of Flamini, which is not good. Um, I, I just don't see a role for him unless he goes into coaching at Arsenal. Um, Flamini... There have been rumors of him getting a new contract this week. I really hope they're not true because that would make me very sad and I don't like to be sad. But um, I'm still going to tell myself he's going because he's not very good at football. And people who are not very good at football don't make me very happy. So, yeah. Um, outside of those two, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that might leave. There have been rumors for Ox, but maybe. I. I don't think so, but... I could, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing. He could go like to he's Newcastle. Kind of yeah. <laughs> He'd be a very Newcastle signing. Yeah, like, and
1: then oh. you could oh, get could Jordan
4: come, Ibe. Come join, join Shelby and Townsend. We have the right little uh, yep. group of overrated English players.
1: Yeah, get Jordan Ibe in there as well. You can have uh, as, all as the, as, love, as Dave um,
2: says, brainless English yep, players. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. <laughs> I love Ox, but it, just some of his decision making isn't great. And um, yeah, he's really funny, though. He'd help with that. He's really funny. But, um,. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't think there's any. Oh, Ospina. I forgot he was still on the team. <laughs> he might <most laughs> probably play on the weekend, but um, he's gone. I really hope so. He'll probably play out the cup run for this year, and then he's gone because he doesn't. He doesn't he's like being so number small. two, and he's just not even close to as good as Petr Cech. So, yeah. yeah
1: obviously, uh, there were a couple of quiet murmurs midweek about Otzel potentially moving up, I'm assuming you think that that's all Dross?
2: Yep. Cool. All right. Um, He's got, if I want want to go slightly more in depth, but he's got two and a half more years on his contract. We have no reason to sell. He doesn't seem to have any reason to leave. And you'd expect to get paid more than you paid, which people probably wouldn't do. Probably not. And the link to Barcelona makes, it it makes sense to people who are adding one plus one because, you know, good player, good team, (laughs) but he doesn't fit into their 4-3-3 at all. Nope. At all. True.
1: All right. Uh, Gitto, without the, you know, fright of potentially going down, if you stay up, who do you think will be the ones to go? Uh, obviously, Gomes and.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just took the words right out of my mouth. Um, whether we stay up or go down, I think that the squad needs refreshing in the summer. I think there are a few players who will be going, um, regardless of which division we're in, and Gomez is certainly one of them. He's never really settled off the pitch in South Wales, spends a lot of his time in France still. Um, I think either he'll be going back to France, which would probably be the correct move for him, or he may be tempted by the Chinese Super League. Um, Mm -hmm. France
1: is actually a really interesting shout, especially with the likelihood that both Lacazette and Batshuayi leave this summer. That opens up forward positions at some pretty big teams.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it... We'll see, but he's, he's definitely not going to be in, in uh, Swansea and I'd be surprised, I'd be very surprised if he went to another Premier League team. The only other team in the Premier League I can really picture him at is Crystal Palace um, because it's easy to get back to France from London. It would have to be a London club and Pardew's been chasing him for a while, but I, I think Palace would be stupid to go for him. Just let him go back to France where he wants to be. Um I, I, I don't know if Montero is still going to be here next season if he doesn't find a way back into the team. I think he'd be wasting his talent if he does stay here in that case. Um, Kyle Bartley is a player who uh, all the Swansea fans give a very hard time to. Um, but I, most people agree he's not up to the Premier League standards, even as a, a backup player. Um, th- there are just players all over, that we've got a few out on loan that are definitely going to be out to th- Particularly Adair and uh, Tabanu, both of whom have just had disastrous moves. They're they're both playing in France now, and they, they'll they they will definitely leave in the summer. Um, I, I Nathan dyer has been on loan at Leicester. I don't really know if there's a space for him at the club next season. It may be time for tough choices for uh, long you know long serving players like Wayne Routledge who. Um, I don't see really working in, in the, anymore at Swansea. He's, he works his socks off, yeah, but I don't think he's got the quality. Um, I don't think he's had the quality really for the last few seasons to justify a starting spot. And uh, yeah, while he's at the club, he seems to be guaranteed a starting spot, which uh, I'm not a big fan of. And of course, Andre Ayew is the other name. I I'm struggling to see him the next season. I think he has come to Swansea with the view of getting a move to a bigger club which I've got no problem with if I'm honest if if he does enough while he's here to merit that move then um, we, we should be able to cash in on him and then reinvest the money wisely I mean I, I've got no problem with that with, with a player of IU's standard um, and he's he his efforts can't be faulted in our know, relegation struggle he's been working socks off he's been doing brilliantly he's been um, one of our best players this season there's no doubt about that shouldn't be in a relegation battle should be playing for a better club if they can come in and pay um, a, a, a reasonable fee for him well a good, a good fee for him then uh, which would allow us to you know, buy two or three good players then um, I, I, I'm, I, I, I don't think we'll be putting up much of a fight but yeah I, I think we'll be having a bit of a clear out in the summer
1: and Jake same situation where assuming you don't get relegated who do you think would still be on the chopping block
4: uh well, i i think you know our transfer policy relies a lot on having like a poster boy for the moving on to a bigger club after be, being at newcastle for a couple of seasons and i don't think we've had that for a while so i think i, th- I think we need one of our big names to lead the subway if we want to continue trying to attract big players so i reckon most likely to leave out of our our you know good players which there are a few of, but you know, out of like the your Sissoko's, Wine I think, I think probably Daryl Yama could be on the move this summer. I think he's getting to the age where he probably needs to be playing for in the in European competitions. Uh, he's a really good right back on his day, and I think he he's definitely one that he, I I'd expect to leave this summer if we stay up. If we go down, he'll almost certainly leave. But yeah, I expect him to leave, whatever happens. Uh, The noises from his sort of camp are are saying the same thing. So I'd expect him to leave. Um, I wouldn't expect Sissoko or Wijnaldum to to leave this summer. I think neither uh, neither of them have done enough to get a move, which seems a bit odd considering how good Wijnaldum's been, but he's only been good in home matches. Away from home, he is bang average, and it is... You know, if he wants to play for a bigger club, he needs to start being more consistent away from home because he 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 won't get a move to a bigger club on it on his current form. Um, other players, I I could see leaving probably Tiote and Cisse. I probably see both of them go to China or go into a, like a, a a club with quite a lot of money around Europe. I think. Um, they've been at the, they've been at Newcastle long enough. I think they've they've had their best days in, in a Newcastle shirt. Uh, as much as we we, I don't want to sell them to a Chinese clubs this wind uh, at the moment, uh, where the Chinese window is still open. Um, I because th- I, we need until the end of the season. I think it's probably time for them both to leave um, w- at, in the summer. is another one I'd like to see leave, but he's got another year left on his contract, so he he'll probably stay. And a forgotten man, Tim Crawl. I w- I. I can see him leave in the summer as well. Once he recovers from his injury, I think he probably. I think his time at Newcastle's done. I think Rob Elliott has come in and just been far superior in every single department, and he's just I I just think Rob Elliott is just a, a better goalkeeper than Tim Crawl, which I don't think many non-Newcastle fans would uh would say that. But after watching them both for for the last few seasons, Rob Rob should be our number one. So if he's going to be our number one going forward, I would get rid of Tim Crawl because there's it's no point in having a player like Crawl just sitting on the bench. Uh, yeah, but I, I'd say the main main names I definitely see leaving are Matt. Teote, otfa and uh the, and Tim crew
1: all right, and uh we will very quickly touch on the FA Cup matches that we will be having uh not everyone involved unfortunately uh but Dan, what do you see in your inevitable match against Hull that we all knew would happen probably in August yeah.
2: <laughs> um I see a rotated side and hopefully a win um yeah, I know Wenger said he's going to play. Uh, I think Iwobi's probably going to play. Um, Ozo's definitely not going to play. Uh, maybe Alexis will be on the bench because he hasn't... Eh, actually he's played a lot recently. I don't know. I don't think he'll play. But um, yeah, rotated side. Hopefully win. We are at home against the championship side. Too. Granted, they're playing well in the championship, but we should beat them. We tend to beat Hull. We sometimes make it a bit hard for ourselves, but we do tend to beat them in the end. And, um, yeah, hopefully we go to the next round of the Cup and get our side rested.
1: Yeah, and for Tottenham, obviously we're playing Crystal Palace. Obviously, Emmanuel Adebayor will score the winner. Uh, I did a preview with uh, Jay from the Eagles' beak uh, for his site that'll be up uh, probably by the time you're listening to this. Looking to see what uh, Adebayor's scoring record was against Tottenham, because obviously we joke about how often it happened. Nine goals in 14 attempts against Tottenham. Seven of those nine for Arsenal against Tottenham in North London derbies. Uh Obviously, this is a London Derby as well. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say Aubameyang to win it. I'm going to say Tottenham went 2-1, but there is no way we get out of this without an Aubameyang goal. And probably a great goal, because he never scored any for us, and half of the ones scored against us were all wonder goals for no reason. Um, knocked us out of the Champions League with Real Madrid. Just It seemed like wherever we needed a win, he showed up and then put <laughs> us back down. I uh, hated oh. it so much. But anyway, question. yeah.
2: Is he is he going to run the length of the field to celebrate in front of your fans? That's the real question.
1: <laughs> uh, no, he'll run to the owner's box and celebrate in front of Daniel Levy. That works too. Yeah, he's mentioned that he has a really good relationship with Pochettino, which I can't possibly imagine is true. But um, if that's what his bad relationship is, he said he had a really poor relationship with the with the ownership. So if fantastic relationship equals awful relationship, I can only imagine what bad relationship is. Um, but yeah, I, I, we should be okay in this one. I do think we'll see most of the starters because I think we're in kind of a full rotation where we want full strength Premier League Half and half side today. I think we'll go full strength in the FA Cup. Then half and half again against Fiorentina. Because I I honestly think our perspective on that match is okay. Kind of regardless. I think from the organization down. Playing Mason who hadn't played in a month and a half because of injury. Next to Tommy Carroll who's phenomenally average. Um, It it didn't show that like, Oh we need to win this Obviously Kane not up front We didn't even put Sun up front We just tested Chadley up front Just because we need to see if he can do it This was a very experimental side Uh, So I I think our our opinion of that competition is Okay (laughs) uh, Again at the beginning of the season This is how we were going to make the Champions League But now looks like we have plenty of other opportunities To do so And by plenty I only mean the Premier League I don't know why I said plenty
2: but Kevin, what about the coefficient? You need to beat Fiorentina? Eh, whatever. We're we're top four side now, so Hashtag really for the co- yeah, that's the thing. You need to beat the coefficient to have the fourth spot. Oh right. Well that's your spot, so Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all that to the side. That's uh, better, but ha, uh, uh, go away, Kevin. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, that sounds like a good plan. I will go away because we have reached the end of the show. So, if you guys want to tell people where they can reach you or any projects you're working on, now would be a good time.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm Dan. You can still catch me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Thanks for having me on. Go away, Kevin. <laughs>
3: Uh, There is no Jackass this week because we are useless and out of the FA Cup, Uh, but there will be one next week at the Jackass on Twitter.
4: Yeah, cheers for listening. Um, uh, Get my stuff, or you can uh, get my Twitter at Jack JackJackwood with two N's.
1: Yeah, and I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, at KevRuff on Twitter. Did a whole bunch of stuff this week. Uh, Fantasy stuff uh, still over at PlayTaga. Nothing at the Eagles' Beak for Fantasy this week, but I do have a FA Cup preview over there that, again, will be up by the time you're listening to this. Also went on the All in Sports Talk show on Tuesday, so listen to that. Also did the another podcast with Dave Hendrick, which should also be up by the time you're listening to this. And host of the FPL Roundtable, which we recorded on Tuesday, and that's out now, where we discuss our 65 million pound challenge with the Anfield Index Fantasy Football Show with Zach Forster and Nick Tross, who have both been on this show many a time. So uh, you don't have to check all of those out. Let's say two of them. Just check out two of those things. Uh, But thanks so much for joining us, guys. It's been a pleasure as always, and we hope you keep listening.